fighting to combat tyranny one state at a time starting with wisconsin this is the badger state resistance podcast brought to you by liberty and freedom and welcome back to the badger state resistance podcast and as promised i have a special guest with me today i have mr seth keschel who did a independent audit of the 2020 election and found a number of things his audit was recognized by uh the 45th president of the united states donald trump uh seth how are we doing today justin i'm doing all right how are you uh, doing good. Uh, getting frustrated, more frustrated every day. You know, here in Wisconsin, uh, we have been fighting a number of us to get the legislature to just give us a full forensic audit of the 2020 election, and they continue to fight with us. They continue to lie to the people of Wisconsin, and it is frustrating. So, to finally be able to get somebody like you uh, on. Is, is amazing. We're, we're very thankful that you're taking the time to speak with the people of Wisconsin. Um, and, and yeah, that's how we're doing. <laughs> well, you ought to be frustrated because Voss is absolutely a Paul Ryan acolyte who has mm-hmm. no intention of getting to the bottom of the 2020 election in Wisconsin. Now, fortunately for the rest of us out here, there's a number of patriots that are working overtime, mm-hmm. like Representative Rampton. And also some grassroots patriots like Aaron Yeager, who are helping drive these counties there in Wisconsin to pass resolutions calling for audits of the 2020 election. Now we don't just need any kind of audit. You don't want to. You don't want a risk-limiting audit like a lot of these politicians are proposing. You want a full forensic audit with Kansas. Could, could you say that last part? A full forensic audit with what? Canvas. Canvas. Okay. Okay. So canvassing is where the phantom vote is identified and did you see the arizona canvassing results i did it was it eighty thousand votes were or um i didn't get the exact numbers i saw it quickly when i was scrolling through um you can't find much of it on online they're definitely suppressing that of course uh, but i'll let you go ahead and give us the findings on that yeah well the phantom count is estimated to be at least ninety six thousand. now all of these estimates were on the low end so 96,000 phantom voters in Maricopa County, which is, which is, which is about four or five percent of the entire votes cast in the election, which was almost 2.1 million. So phantom votes was a large category, but also votes that were cast but lost or stolen. So people that say they voted, but the county doesn't record a vote in their name. So you have three serious categories, and then there's another one that deals with methodology of the vote, such as. Um, votes that were recorded as mail-in votes, but the person says that they went and voted in person, or people that didn't vote at all where the county records a vote. So there's many different types of fraud that are uncovered by a canvas. Wow. You know, I'd be willing to bet they'd find similar here in Wisconsin, uh, maybe not as many or, or maybe more. Um, you know, what, a couple of things that we had here was, you know, the democracy in the park in Madison where they gathered in the park to collect ballots. I mean, I don't know how that's even checkable or, or um, you know, able to be verified. Uh, it, it, we, we, we had a lot of different things that went on, you know, uh, ballot boxes and dog parks, which were actually um, authorized by Speaker Vaz, which is I, I don't know why that would ever have been a thing. Uh, and and the the problem, like you had mentioned before, is that we do have a couple of decent representatives here in the state, um, but it, they're just catching way they're 
you know, the, the Assembly and the State Senate, you know, Kapanga, um, Devin LeMayhew. I actually confronted him at the county fair in Calumet County on Saturday about this and told him to quit lying to the people. And and this is it's it's a it's a disgusting thing. So, um, yeah. Well, so they're all they're all part of this. So mm-hmm. there's there's one from Waukesha area, Dale Kuyinga. Okay. He had, he was connected to me by my sister, who's a successful business owner there in in southeastern Wisconsin. And this was around November time frame. I mean, the ink was barely even clear on the on the the election certifications i don't even think it had been certified at that point but it was a couple, about 10 days after the election when we were connected and i had all of the data that i have today on wisconsin and kuyenga straight just ignored the emails knew that i was trying to get in touch with him and it was only after i dropped his name on war room that he decided to get around to the email right. you know of course i got i got this phony email that said he'd been busy you know like i haven't been busy i barely got five minutes to even brush my teeth right Right. So, so look, Wisconsin, you have to put two and two together to understand the nature of the fraud in Wisconsin. COVID was weaponized into an excuse to force all states to relax their voting regulations and integrity procedures. So it is a mail-in election by design because mail-in elections are easily manipulated. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's, that's one of the things that we, I mean, I, I personally think that if we just were to audit just just the actual ballots in the mail with the canvassing, like you said, I think we'd be able to find enough here in Wisconsin to, you know, I, I guess it wouldn't overturn the results because they've been submitted, and, and but at least prove that there was enough here to, to show foul play. Well, you could knock over Milwaukee County or Dane County, and, and it would reverse the election, certainly. But what is, what is looking... What, what looking at the results through a canvassing perspective actually reveals is not who should have won and what the votes were. I mean, you can definitely, if you had the ability to go through every ballot and peel that back, but a canvas is going to reveal, it's going to reveal that an election is not certifiable. Right. So, you know, you can't, you can't justify with some of the margins that were in Maricopa County alone. There were seven races I picked up on today that were within 2%. A number of them were within the hundreds of votes or under 5,000 votes out of 2 million cast. There's no way that they could have been certified or should have been certified. These are third world elections. Right. So the verdict, the verdict that a full audit and canvas in Wisconsin would render, is that the election is not certifiable. Right. So the, the legislature, if they actually had any integrity, and they weren't so t- tied to Paul Ryan and other corrupt figures, then they would have already identified this, these issues that there are certainly. Not just twenty-one thousand votes, because it's not just the presidential. You have other races in there as well. Right. You have you have courts, you have sheriffs, you have treasurers, you have recorders, you have senate seats, state legislature seats. This whole election was a was a mockery of everything that Americans hold dear. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I talked to you earlier this week, and and I had told you about. So I'm currently running for secretary of state of Wisconsin because. I want to get to the. I think that we need a strong constitutional patriot um, in that seat. One thing that a lot of people didn't know is that in Wisconsin, um, the Secretary of State actually doesn't have control of the election anymore. So they, the the the, the elected body of the assembly, actually created with guidance of Robin Vaz, the Wisconsin Election Commission, which is a bunch of unelected government bureaucrats running the election. 
Nobody's being held accountable for anything. And and we look back, and I've been and I've been researching the Secretary of State's office, um, you know, over the last you know 10, 12 years. And the Secretary of State, the current sitting Secretary of State, has been there since 1976 with a four-year break. And the saddest thing about that is, is he in the 2010 gubernatorial race, the 2014 gubernatorial race, he got more votes than the Democrat uh, candidate for governor in the state. And, and and both years were Republican landslides. In 2010, we went from 45, uh, I believe it was 45, um, representatives in the Assembly to 60, 63, I believe it was, or 62. Don't quote me on the exact number, but it was a massive win. You know, they won the governor, the lieutenant governor, the, the attorney general, the treasurer. But the secretary of state, who at that time had control of the elections, kept winning. So I believe this goes back years. Well, of course. And, but but people in Wisconsin, it shouldn't have to be on a show called Badger State Resistance right. to get people interested in this. Mm-hmm. But it is, it is a mockery that any any first world nation or the state within a first world nation has elections in which the results are determined in the middle of the night. So you can, you can tell me all day about mail ballots, mail ballots, mail ballots. But Wisconsin and Michigan were ripped away at, at central time. 3:42 in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 early in the morning, so everybody went to bed watching these huge margins come in. And by the way, my margins for Trump match very closely to what you were seeing in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin at the end of the of November the third, at the end of the evening, right. with those large margins. And Wisconsin being a little tighter than Michigan and Pennsylvania for a number of dynamics, which we can discuss later on. Sure. But for Scott Walker to lose the governorship because of a late ballot dump in Milwaukee that put him just outside the number for a mandatory recount mm-hmm. is is quite embarrassing. Really, I'm surprised that such a seasoned governor with so much experience would even allow for something like that to be in position to happen. Right. Yep. But, but Milwaukee, Milwaukee is the population center in Wisconsin. is going to dump these massive vote drops late at night. It's almost like watching a five-year-old kid cry about losing a board game until the parents are so miserable they finally just let them win. Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody's so afraid of being called a racist they don't want to challenge this third-world nonsense coming out of the world. Right. Right, and 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 we're expecting that in the next next election. Um, you know, with we, we're we're hoping to get Jonathan Wickman elected. He is by far the the best. Uh, candidate for governor that's that's uh, listed right now uh, on the Republican ticket. He's a constitutional conservative. Um, it just picked up General Flynn's endorsement, which was which was really nice to see. Um, such a great patriot to our country. Endorse endorse um, you know such a great candidate. And but one of the biggest things that we are so concerned about here in Wisconsin is in 2022. It's a huge election for us. We are fighting all kinds of different mandates. The vaccine mandates. We got nurses that are losing their jobs. Uh, the truckers are going to start losing their jobs all over the place. Um, but we're afraid that we're going to see another 30,000, 40,000 ballot dump for the governor, which would be Evers at 3 o'clock in the morning again. So and, and it's, it seems like Republicans, and I've been calling this out on the podcast for quite some time now, that many of the rhino establishment Republicans in Madison uh, – they're perfectly okay with this uh, because it's just business as usual. We saw this in 2016 when Trump was elected. Uh, you know, the, the, the rhinos in, in Washington, they did everything they could to fight Trump. And then when 
everything in 2018, many of them either one didn't re- seek re-election, like Paul Ryan, uh, which he's a rhino, and things started to get a lot better even though we didn't have i believe we lost the senate or i I don't remember which one we lost we had one or the other but things were going better so so yes i agree there's it's it's not just the presidential elections the governor's election especially with with everything that's been happening in wisconsin um gas is going through the roof up here uh like it is probably throughout the country and and grocery stores are not getting uh, you know the amount of food that they normally would. You can see the shelves in certain grocery stores up here uh, are emptying, and we just need a change. And it's it's scary to think that the representative body, which is predominantly Republican, is doing absolutely nothing to try to fix everything that's happened in the past, so that we can go into uh, 2022 confident in our elections. So this is because Republicans, most of them, don't actually desire the outcomes that they that they run on as a platform. Mm-hmm. So they they fundraise better when they're in either in the minority or they only hold a legislative body without the ability to pass a bill into law, like the governor would sign into law. Correct. So they as soon as long as you have a Democrat governor, or you know, or if you're in the House minority, like you have in the, the federal House, the U.S. House, yep. then it's very easy for the Republicans to talk a conservative game, knowing that none of it will get passed into law. Mm-hmm. But as soon as the Republicans have the power to make these changes, they never do. So, you know, you have now a lot of Republicans in the U.S. House talking about finishing the wall, building the wall. Where was this when Paul Ryan was Speaker of the House and we had a Senate majority in the Republican column in Trump's early days, the first half of Trump's presidency? Mm-hmm. So, so that's why, you know, we I don't know if we even need to call them rhinos. I think that they're just Democrats running in Republican districts. I, so Paul I Look, so Paul Ryan may be conservative in taxes. You know, that's why some people would tell you that Jeff Flake was conservative. Mm-hmm. You know, the conservative deals with size and scope of the government. So, you know, if somebody believes in a small tax system, then that's great. But if, they, if they're willing to try to give you cheaper, lower tax, tax rates while the country is being overrun with, with human traffickers and drug traffickers and illegal immigrants and people that want to destroy this country... And also making industry not work for the citizens of this country. Your whole area trended Republican because of trade and industry. Right. This was not. This is not a Bible Belt revolution going through Wisconsin or Pennsylvania, for that matter. Correct. Correct. I mean, if you, I don't know if you've uh, been up to Wisconsin, you know, since the election, but I can tell you that the Trump pl- uh, flags and the and all the you know the political propaganda is is still very much alive throughout the state. I mean, I, I, I drive truck and, and I'm all over, you know, Northeast Wisconsin. And I can tell you that the only Biden stuff that you really see is, is the negative stuff. And, and I would say like one out of every hundred houses is really, uh, they, they, they still have their Biden, you know, yard sign up or whatever. Uh, but most have taken that down, but the, the, the amount of uh, Trump support up here in Wisconsin and it's, and especially since I started campaigning, I've been traveling all over the state. It's still very prominent. This is a very red state. You know, obviously Dane County is, is always questionable. Milwaukee County. I believe that many people have awoken, uh, to the, the nonsense of the left and, and, and uh, especially African-American vote. I think, you know, you see it on, on TikTok and you see it on Instagram and other social media platforms. And I talk to a lot of African-American uh, people and, and they're wonderful people. And they and they absolutely tell me that, that Trump actually 
probably got the the um, very big percentage of the African American vote. Well, so the the polls, the exit polls that you speak of, even with the fraud, they still show significant gains for Trump with black men mm-hmm. and with the entire Latino working class. Right. And this, so this is with the skewed numbers. So in a legitimate election. Where I mean, there's, there's no doubt to me. My numbers that President Trump endorsed had him winning the popular vote by a little over a million votes. Okay. But keep in mind, my numbers are extremely conservative. I've only I've only estimated fifteen thousand excess votes in Dane County and Milwaukee County. I would not be surprised if both of those counties were double or triple that number. But just for the sake of having a larger population and, and affording for what they call high turnout, I've I've cranked those numbers down in the larger counties. But Trump's numbers in the in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, all the way up into Minnesota and Wisconsin, people are suggesting that Trump carried thirty plus percent of the black male vote. Wow. So the black the black female vote is a much different animal, but it's not about winning the black vote. It's about denting it. Correct. Because in in Wisconsin in Wisconsin the Democrats have to run it up in Milwaukee and Dane County. Mm-hmm. And then they have to not get obliterated in the Wow counties, and also in the southwestern part of the state is an area that Trump trended very heavily in 2016, mm-hmm. and he he actually trended most of those counties more Republican in 2020. So my estimate on Wisconsin was that if Trump is going to hold Wisconsin early on, then he's going to keep the southwest part of the state. But I did not anticipate the late night dumps in Milwaukee and Dane counties, but also in Brown, out of Gamey, yep. St. Croix, other counties. So uh, the black vote in in, in, uh, in the election, you saw before the dumps began, Trump was holding his own in Milwaukee County. Right. I believe I believe he was up in the high 30s or even around 40 percent most of the night before the dumps began. Right. Yeah. You know, I want to go to Brown County. That's where I'm actually. I current. I live in Brown County, and um, <clears throat> one of the things that we saw in Brown County was people getting access into the central counting locations uh, and, and evacuation. I don't know if it was evacuation or if they had people leave. And then there, I don't remember the guy's name. Maybe you know the, the guy's name. And um, that was given the key by the mayor, who's a very liberal mayor that we have in the Green Bay area or for Green Bay. Um, do you have any more uh, in details on what happened maybe up in Brown County or is it just more or less comprised for the whole state? Yeah, in Brown County, I estimated seven thousand extra Biden votes. Okay. I put out a I put out a video on Rock County a couple of days ago on my Telegram channel where I estimated eight thousand votes. And if you want to link this in your show and show people my methodology, I'm, I think it would be very useful. But I have to evaluate every county in Wisconsin differently. So Pennsylvania offers us party registration: so registered Republican, registered Democrat, registered other. Okay. And party registration, registration by party, is the most accurate indicator of the trajectory of an upcoming election. It is almost bulletproof, especially in counties the size of Brown County, St. Croix County, you name it. And that indicator, in 2016, Trump trended 60 counties in Pennsylvania more Republican than they were in 2012. Okay. And in the election, he trended 62 more Republican, and that flipped the state from a five-point Democrat win to a one-point Republican win. And he had the same numbers this year, where 60 counties became more Republican in registration, and that was at a 21-to-1 net-new Republican registration ratio, which is an absolute wipeout. And that is why I look at the numbers in Pennsylvania, which trends perfectly with Michigan since 1932, and I don't see a, a 
close win. I see six to eight point Trump wins in both of those states. So likewise, in, in Wisconsin, where they do not have party registration, the same trends are present. Any county that Trump carried bigger than Romney carried is, by definition, in North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Florida, with the white working classes, they're all becoming more Republican in registration, which means they should yield by the, by the base. It's almost a science at this point. They should yield a larger Republican margin than they did in 2016. And a number of counties do not reflect that either in the, you know, Trump maybe did expand the margin, but there's a ton of votes keeping the margin from widening. Trump's numbers in the rural parts of, of, of the Rust Belt in the upper Midwest are so huge that they have to be shortened artificially in order for the urban centers to catch it. So that's why you have Trump carrying Brown County, but there's an extra 7,000 votes in the bottom to make sure he doesn't run away with it. Right. So this is absolutely done with the use of mail ballot fraud and phantom voters because the Biden enthusiasm gap was a real thing. You know, people were not going to turn out in person to vote for Joe Biden. Right. So this this is why this happened. But it's Brown County. You have Outagamie County. St. Croix is obvious. Rock County. Waukesha County. There's a number of Republican strongholds that Trump carried and carried comfortably, but by less than any reasonable population trend and understanding of political behavior would suggest. And I have been up in Wisconsin since the election. I was in Sheboygan back in February. Okay, yep. And I was there on behalf of a friend of Wickman's named James Tesoro, a friend of mine. And James was running for mayor of Sheboygan. Okay, yep. Yep. Yeah, he's a he's a grassroots leader. He's a guy with a lot of energy, and I hope he runs again. I, I hope so as well. Um, you know, there was a Another a guy that ran for mayor uh, in Manitowoc, just north of Sheboygan, uh, I believe he was an Army Airborne um, member of the Airborne, and I'm supposed to be reaching out to him soon to talk to him. I mean, there there are some awesome people I can tell you, uh, in down in the Sheboygan area that are going to be announcing bids uh, for specific offices. I don't want to put them on the podcast because I know the GOP likes to listen, and I want to hit you know they I want them, want them to be hit with surprise on that. But I want to go back to the mail in ballots. One thing that I get messages on almost you know weekly is that the people were receiving two to three to four mail in ballots. Um, at their home addresses and they weren't even requested and I know this was something in Maricopa County where there was a a substantial amount of unrequested ballots um, sent to individual addresses which obviously cannot be you know looked at more or less Uh, you don't know who who's getting those because you don't obviously we have a major issue with immigration in this country Um, do you have any anything that on that yeah, in Arizona, there are people who have family members who are ineligible ineligible to vote, like people who are in prison. Yep. Who are re- who are receiving ballots for the general election, which I have sworn affidavits for, which of course none of these courts have the integrity to 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 hear them out. Right. But there are a num- number of issues with the mail ballots. I mean, you have people. I've heard a, I've heard a, a story from Arizona of one person having two hundred mail ballots. <laughs> So, right. So this is this is absolutely no laughing matter, and it's also not a mystery why this was turned into a mail ballot election. Right. Okay. Well, you also have big time ballot harvesting operations going around. If you saw what happened in Georgia this weekend with True the Votes release, 
Really? I mean, I knew that we had the ballot harvesting here in Wisconsin because we had that, that, that Democracy in the Park event in Madison. I know that there were people going to, um, you know, apartment buildings in lower, uh, lower income areas and knocking on doors and having people fill out ballots and then they would take them uh, at least they said that the people were filling out the ballots in those areas um i know nursing homes were a big target in wisconsin from from just medical workers that i've been talking to where people were coming into the nursing home and sitting down filling out ballots which i believe is an election violation i could be wrong um but I know that it's just it's it's incredible the amount of irregularities. The state assembly in Wisconsin back in January of this year actually put out irregularities and said they were going to investigate, which is just why it's another thing that makes me upset because they said that many of the the ballots had no signatures, but they were still yet counted, and and you know or didn't weren't sealed properly or no names anything on them and uh uh when and mail-in ballots are, are d- done differently and, and you know when you go into a polling station you don't fill out your name on the actual ballot you do it with the the register but it's different when on a mail-in ballot so i i just believe that the amount of irregularities the fact that the the gop in wisconsin the democrats in disguise as republicans not uh giving us this audit when the masses of people are continuing to demand this and we're just not getting it well you said the republican party listens into your show right oh yeah do you mind if i say a couple words to them you can say whatever you want to say to them well you guys ought to be ashamed of yourselves this is a this is there is no fundamental way that joe biden carried the state of wisconsin you can look at any trend analysis that you have and the fact is all of you know that too you don't have the guts to stand up to this when you just gave away a Republican state in this in this past election. And not only that, it was not a narrow victory of 22,000 votes like there was in 2016. This was about 118,000 vote Trump win, which my study parallels very well to the other study in Wisconsin that I think estimated 170,000 fake votes. Mm-hmm. I estimated 139. So my number for Trump in Wisconsin is about 3.7%. And by the way, since since 1956, no Republican seeking re-election has failed to make a wider margin or make progress in Wisconsin until, of course, 2020. Right. Yep. So one exception to that would be George Bush, but he was running for a fourth consecutive Republican term. But Eisenhower, Nick Reagan, and Bush 43 all performed better in their re-elections in Wisconsin than they did the first time around because that area trends better towards Republican incumbents than other states do. Absolutely. I'll, I'll be tagging them in this as well. I'll be tagging the Mr. Kapenga and Voss and um, and Get Kuyenga in there, too. Now, uh, another thing that you need to understand, Ryan, for Secretary of State, there's a couple winning issues for you. Yep. One of them is, one of your procedures is going to be you're going to re-register the entire state. Yep. You're going to dump the entire voter roll and re-register the entire state the first month you're in office. And then number two is you guys need to push and push and push for an end to mail-in ballots with very few exceptions. I we've I have been talking about that for almost a year now, that mail-in balloting needs to become incredibly limited and, and should probably go through a, a very thorough process. You know, people that are truly indefinitely confined, you know, missing limbs or have other issues, not somebody, not, not a scare 
of of COVID, which we're finding, you know, there's so much confliction with COVID. Um, but I do believe that they are going to carry COVID all the way to the 2022 election here in Wisconsin. They're they're going well, crazy we'll about the Delta about stuff. So we'll see about that. But of course, you have you know you have military that you have to take care of, and you have you have the disabled voters that you have to take care of. of course. There's no reason to me. There's no reason if you run out to Starbucks or you go out to the store to go grocery shopping or you go refuel your vehicle, you're trying to tell me that once every two years you can't show up and cast a vote? Right. Right. I agree. I agree. You know, these, these same people will wait in line at the Apple store to get their iPhone fixed. I agree. I agree. And, and you know, obviously it'll become voter suppression is what the media will chalk it up all as but even though we already have voter id in the state but i know that was even uh violated in uh, multiple counties something yeah, that's why they had the indefinitely confined category swelled four times since the previous election i know it's it's insane actually my third podcast was on that <laughs> so <laughs> and we're at this is 125 to, tonight so yeah it's 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 insane what has been happening and it's sad and like you said it's disgraceful that we have a republican legislature that has absolutely no interest in in solving the issue uh, this is why the grassroots movement has has begun here in Wisconsin, and why people like myself, who I never ever in my life thought I would run for political office, I have, but but I have to, I have to, I have well, to there's try. A couple, there's a couple names. There are a couple names that we need to give particular credit to, and that will be Representative Rampton. Yep. And also uh, Representative uh, Branchin. Yep. They, those two have been champions of election integrity, and I can tell you from a personal friendship with Rep. Rampton that he is sincere about this, and he is constantly updating his constituents on his progress in this. And I do believe that we are going to get a tailwind from all the complete findings in Arizona, and this is something that we cannot give up pursuit on. 2020 is not going away, and we cannot allow it to go away. No. Because that, this is the first time that we've confirmed since 1796 that states are being certified wrongfully. I mean, potentially going to the wrong winners in the Electoral College for the first time since contested elections began in 1796. Right. Right. No, I completely 100% agree with you. Um, so uh, do you have a few more minutes? I know you're getting ready to catch a flight here pretty quick. Um, I just want yeah, to... About two. Okay, yeah. Anything else that, that the people of Wisconsin should really know? Uh, you know, one of the things I've been telling them is they need to continue to call their representatives, their state senators, and demand the full forensic audit, especially in the key counties like Milwaukee, Brown, uh, Waukesha, uh, where, where we have the highest suspicion. I have not been calling for out of gaming, but maybe it's time to start adding out of gaming into that uh, when it yeah, comes to St. Croix. St. Croix, and you said Rock County as well? Rock County is particularly bad. Uh, you have uh, some smaller ones. You know, Winnebago County is not good, Calumet County. And if I, mis if I mispronounce any of those, don't correct me because I mispronounced one in Georgia and everybody jumped all over it like <laughs> I was supposed to know. Coweta from Coweta. So. Um, yeah, there's a the, the ones that I called best for audits are St. Croix, Outagamie, Brown, Waukesha, Calumet, Winnebago, and Oneida. Okay. And the reason I the reason I identified those is because these are Republican strongholds yep. that are going to have well now maybe not Brown County probably plenty of bureaucracy there but these counties have all kinds of issues. Ozaukee's another one. Yep. 
But, um, you know, as far as getting Milwaukee County to, to go along with this or, or Dane County without a statewide initiative, then I think that you're fooling yourself. But if you can prove the issues in these small counties, then that will absolutely grease the skids for the larger ones. Beautiful. Well, I truly appreciate you um, taking the time. I know you're incredibly busy. Um, you know, I'd love to have you on again in the, in the near future and talk more, uh, you know, uh, maybe on the national, you know, what we're finding nationally, especially once everything kind of comes out for Arizona. Um, I think it'd be great to have you back. Um, uh, I will post with the with the podcast as many of the links as I possibly can to the current article that I have, which seems to be pretty good. Um, and then uh, your telegram as well. You want me to connect the telegram? Yeah, at Real S. Keschel is my personal telegram. Okay, perfect, perfect. Well, safe travel, sir. I Again, I cannot thank you enough, and uh, we will talk soon. Great. Well, I appreciate it, Justin. Thanks for having me on. Yep, you have a wonderful, uh, wonderful flight. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you right. as well. Okay. All right, we're going to keep going here for just a minute because I want to read something here well my dogs are gone <laughs> uh okay so this is a statement uh put out august 3rd 2021 and a statement by donald j trump 45th president of the united states uh, highly recommend uh, respected army intelligence captain seth keschel has just released his report on national fraud numbers with respect to the 2020 presidential election i don't personally know captain keschel but these numbers are overwhelmingly election changing and according to keschel could be even and bigger in that they do not account for cyber flipping of votes. They show I won the election by a lot. Now, watch the Democrats uh, uh, defame, threaten, investigate, jail uh, people, and do whatever they have to do to keep the truth from surfacing. And let Biden administration continue to get away with destroying our country. The irregularities and outright fraud of this election are an open wound to the United States of America. Something must be done immediately. Okay. So, so, you know, many people actually, they, they really are trusting this guy, uh, including, as he said, to the uh, Timothy Ran representative Rantham, representative Branchin, um, who he did name in, in when we were talking to him. And uh, it's, it's so sad that once again, the state's leadership continues to just ignore the will of the people and, and they have forgotten who they work for. And this is, you know, I did a call to action on the school boards and, and stuff yesterday uh, on the podcast. And one of the things that we have got to do, folks, we've got to get in the fight and try to win these elections. If that means you got a primary, somebody that you're uh, that's in your district, then do it. Don't waste any time anymore. We've got to do this together. We need answers and we need people that are going to work for us. This has become outrageous. Now, uh, I'm going to chip. Let me find it there. Sorry. Okay. So yesterday, I <coughs> spoke on the school boards, and I was very disgruntled and 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 kind of upset with the with the turnout and Nina. But I want to report to you, and we're going to close on this. Let me get it brought up here. My sincerest apologies on the hold up all right 
In Toma, Wisconsin, yesterday, they had a school board meeting. And from what I am understanding, there was a very significant amount of people that showed up uh, to the meeting, over 250, with 1,200 persons that filed petitions that strongly um, suggested you know, saying they did they did not want uh, masking. We have got to get tough at all levels of government. We cannot allow these people to continue to not listen to the people that elect them and pay them. So again, I'm going to put it out today for you. We must, we must, we must sit down. Sacrifices are going to have to be made. We've got to win. Robin Voss has got to be primaried. Um, Mr. LeMayhew is up for election and the same time as the governor's race goes on 2022 we need to find somebody get Devin LeMayhew out of here he's got to go these people just have no interest in securing our elections protecting the integrity of everything that we hold dear in this country and upholding the constitution of the United States these people like like Mr. Keschel said they they're not really rhinos they're just democrats And it's time to clean house. It's time to put constitutional patriots in office. We need this. All right. I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, No, actually, it's a short week. So you all have a wonderful weekend. We'll be back here on Monday, uh, ready to go. And, uh, hey, just keep calling them. We're not going to give up. We're not going to stop. This has got to continue. We got to do this. Uh, Remember, I am Justin Schmitka. I am running for Secretary of State for the state of Wisconsin, our beautiful state here. And uh, we must, we must, we must, we must win. And we must get Jonathan Wickman elected. We must get other people, Hope, First Assembly, Constitutional Patriot, uh, Jeanette. She's going to be running. Her announcement is out there publicly, but we're getting all everything set, uh, set up for her for the treasurer. Plus I've got a whole list of constitutional patriots that are going to be announcing their bid all over the state. We need more. So again, if you have interest in running, reach out. I can't, I can't run your campaign, but I can steer you in the right direction and, and, and get you the websites uh, to get your paperwork taken care of and get you on the ballot and get constitutional patriots in Madison so that we can live free in the state of Wisconsin and show the rest of the country by example, that we are not playing anymore, that we have a constitution that protects us, and that we're going to stand by it. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Thank you.